Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community, and we where we want to help you remember how to think instead of tell you what to think. I am your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we record this in every podcast, and I've got a frog in my throat, so you guys are just going to have to deal with my smoky, sexy voice for this whole episode. Um, I am here with not only my normal co-host, Mr. John Wagler, but with... Uh, another co-host, co-pastor of our uh, community here, his wife, Lacey Waggler. Waggler's. Hello. What's going on? What is up? This is a family affair today. So exciting. I feel outnumbered by Waggler's. <laughs> it's a dangerous to place to be. Waggler's everywhere. I don't have Max here to speak reason. Into the... um, cool. Yeah. So we are actually going to take a break from our series on sexuality, um, mostly because there were some scheduling conflicts between some of our guests um we do want to have more guests on to kind of give you um their perspective we had michelle on last week karen keen the week before and preston sprinkle the week before that um and so we want to make sure that we have quality guests to kind of speak on that topic so since scheduling was weird but we still want to put content out we're taking a break and we're going to talk about spookiness it's october Good times. Good times. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of Spooky October um, and sort of our perspectives on that as it relates um, just to kind of our different experiences and, and as always, our faith. Um, So, yeah, it's October. We'll go ahead and and just get it all out there. (laughs) One person in this room (laughs) has decorated their house, has spent great time and money decorating their house for uh, the... They'll never guess which one it is. The night of Halloween. It's not the one wearing all black. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we kind of have... I think we all, on some level, like your kids trick-or-treat, you guys dress up. Yeah. I don't think anybody here is like a um, turn the lights off, don't hand out candy. Right. Well, sometimes we do if we don't have candy. We <laughs> yeah, have true. to like crawl underneath the window so no one sees us. That's how you get tricked. We've definitely done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that. That's a way to get tricked in our neighborhood. The kids are feral. Um, but yeah, we grew I mean, like I grew up trick-or-treating. Well, I had certain rules. So let's start with, I want to hear like histories. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so for me, uh, I could not trick-or-treat if it was dark. Okay. So that was, had, that was a safety thing, not an evil thing, though, right? Uh, Maybe a little bit of both. I don't think a little bit of both. Like, night spiritual is an evil time. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual and physical safety. No, I think it had a lot to do with... Um, some of it was safety, but I think there was also a part of it that was my mom in particular being like, you know, stuff gets weird when the sun goes down right. and all of that. And so I would, as a kid, I would get dressed up and go trick-or-treating at like four <laughs> and, I was, and I was back at 5 30 yeah. and then I would eat dinner and then I would see then all of my friends would <laughs> go trick-or-treating and I missed out on like the stuff all my friends did but um and so I would have to go I would find like a random friend or two that would be willing to go with me mm-hmm. you know early and then the bulk of my friends though were going you know obviously right. 7 30 8 o'clock and then do their thing and so yeah I was the lonely kid at dinner time and got undressed. I'm just going through my my uh, candy looking for, you know, the needles and the apple or oh, the right. the white Smarties that were cocaine and not. Yeah, that's right. We all grew up. We're, we have slight difference in age, but we all grew up in the age of panic, yeah. of like unwarranted panic. Right. <laughs> Lisey, what about you? What was it like uh, growing up 
uh, around Halloween time for you? So my family was, uh, it was a pretty big deal to avoid all contact with evil things. And um, Halloween would fall into that category. So we would dress up. My mom would make us costumes and we would go to the church fall festival because we could like celebrate fall, but we did not celebrate evil. And so even around this time of year, my mom would go to our teachers in elementary school and just kind of give them a heads up, be like, hey, you know, we really want to protect our kids from certain images and stories and stuff. So um, if there is like a book that you're reading that deals with like witches and scary stuff, then um, I would just ask that you like send Lacey out or I'll bring in an activity to come in and do with her or something like that. And if there's crafts, you know, they can do stuff like pumpkins and cats and leaves, but not witches and ghosts and stuff like that. Um, And so, you know, she had to deal with like the teacher's reactions to that and everything. But there was definitely like a high level of protection around um, kind of celebrating and doing things involving evil type stuff. And we do that with our kids now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had the awkward conversations with the teachers. Um, And they look at us like they're a little bit, we're a little bit crazy (laughs) sometimes, but it's okay. So. But they dress up and they, you know, we go out and. It's night. <laughs> so, I mean, like, there, yeah. there are things, you know, we... we go trick-or-treating yeah. around the neighborhood and yeah. all of that. So, and I, I will say, like, my growing up experience, it wasn't... I viewed it as a pretty healthy thing. It wasn't like, there's a demon under every rock and, you know, all of that. It was just like, this is what we're going to choose to celebrate kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's an, an important sort of delineation is there is, I think... You know, I never really experienced it, maybe in my own home a little bit, but like the way that you describe it, Lacey, in your upbringing, I never really encountered. It was usually either like a toxic fear of just Mm -hmm. like Satan's waiting around every corner, Um, not in my house per se, but with my Christian friends and stuff. Or it was a total disregard where it was just like dad had like an open wound on his you know throat waiting to scare everybody, you know, who came (laughs) up to uh, to like get candy. Um, So it was kind of where I grew up extremes. I would say my parents, it's funny because like my mom is very, um, she has like the gift of discernment. She's very spiritually sensitive to things, but I don't ever remember maybe one or two years their Halloween was canceled, but um, there's like pictures of me. My my first Halloween memory was being Jason when I was like six, I think. And it's like just a little six-year-old me with a hockey mask on and like a a shirt with a bunch of holes in it. Um, And, you know, so for us, like, I don't know, Halloween, I don't know if it got a pass, but I just remember my parents being very specific about like the difference between like spooky fun and real evil. Cause my mom was very sensitive about like what we watched and like, she even kind of, cause I was, you know, I'm a Lord of the Rings guy and I can remember, um, her even kind of questioning like, well, Harry Potter wasn't around when we were kids, but, um, you know, like, well, this is a lot of wizards and stuff like that. And eventually she sort of discerned that it was okay. But I remember there being a lot of questioning as to like the music that came to our house. Like my mom was the mom that when people came over to spend the night, like in middle school, she would make them fork over any like backpacks or tapes or anything that was like Marilyn Manson or 666 or any of that stuff. So there was definitely like, my parents were not full bore like oh whatever scary movies are all good fun but i remember halloween getting a pass of like this Mm. is just a time when we contextualize this into silliness rather than like getting real into and we never went to like haunted houses or wouldn't sell scary movies or anything um but i definitely remember um being raised with like a pretty 
well, I shouldn't say being raised with, because I'm not sure this is something my parents put on me, but something I put on myself was like a fear, like I would say an unhealthy fear of like every time something went wrong or every time one of my friends started acting out or whatever, I was just like, it's a demon, like somebody's possessed by a demon. And I can remember like, uh, I don't know exactly at what point, sometime in my 20s when I was starting to like get back into my faith. I can remember like reading when I was studying religion in school, reading about um, like the actual contextualized like devil, like in in Job and in um, so bad with scripture. Where did I get? Well, I guess Jesus gets let out into the desert in more than one gospel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm not that bad at scripture. Um, (laughs) But like, and really um, having the devil sort of re explained to me or evil re explained to me as more of a like, prosecuting attorney than like a big scary dude who's like lumbering around snatching people's souls and eating them or whatever Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely been for me a complicated conversation because i tend to like i I tend to like spooky things i tend to like heavy metal i tend to like uh actually i'm kind of a baby when it comes to scary movies uh i will very very selectively you know selectively watch scary movies but i'm interested in stuff like exorcism and how that works and like demonology and those things that to me i think knowing about them reduces their power and not knowing about them just makes me sort of frightened and like i was giving it too much power by by sort of like placing it at an equal like at an equal distance with god Mm. um but as i kind of got older and got more into theology and stuff i realized that like god is in control um and it's just contingent on us to use discernment not necessarily see it as this like equal battle that's happening sure um so yeah that's my history with it oh good nice i I, um no i was just gonna say i think that's an important distinction that you made about knowing about evil and acknowledging that it is real and there is like a whole other realm out there and being informed about it versus celebrating it. Mm. Um, I think that's just an important distinction. And then one thing that also that I thought of when you were talking is I think you're right when you're saying like there is there is power there. Like clearly Jesus wins. Mm. Um, so we don't have to be afraid of that. But um I think something, one thing even around the Halloween time that I always think of is, um, you know, evil would, or Satan, or however you want to define it, would want us to think that it's just cute and there's no harm Mm. and all of that. And I think that is um, one way to deceive us into Mm. thinking that it's harmless, Mm -hmm. but in knowing that it's real and, you know, you don't want to really mess with it, Mm -hmm. but it's important to know that it's real and there and be knowledgeable, I guess. Yeah, I don't think people actually wrestle with the tension. Like, what you're talking about is saying, well, you know, I'm interested in how evil works. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between entertainment and study. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, I think when people use the idea of either what Lace is saying about how, man, it's not that powerful, Mm -hmm. or kind of belittling it, or making fun of it, or celebrating it in any way, and or just using these like movies or whatever as like entertainment Mm -hmm. it it feels weird Mm -hmm. it feels weird to to say i am entertained by things that have like a demonic you know feel to them and i think i i'm just a believer that when you uh like don't give credit to how powerful 
the presence, like there's a real spiritual warfare stuff going on, which I think we all can acknowledge. But when we don't actually own up to that fact and wrestle with some of the tension, like when someone says to me, I'm reading, like you've said this, like I'm reading this book about, you know, something around evil, whatever, but you're studying it to see how something works. Mm. And that is a, that is a difference than sitting down and watching something that you're, you're actually saying, this is really entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like, you know, we joked, not, I don't know if we joked about, it, we talked about like on the poltergeist set, like yeah. the weird stuff that happened and right. all that stuff, you know? Right. And, and I'm like, but people watch that stuff for entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think, t- again, I know people come from different perspectives on this, but I do think that if you're not impacted by that, I would say that's a problem. Mm. You know, like, it's yeah. like, it's like watching, if, if you're, if you're like, man, I watch this show, but I don't even like recognize the sex scenes anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you should, right? <laughs> you should notice that, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I think for me, the tension there is in, is in that thing of like, where do we draw the line between giving it too much power mm-hmm. and not giving it enough credit sure. does that yeah. make sense because i think there is this other thing where if you look at so if you study so there's different types of evil right like i think my other big thing is the older i get the more i read about it the more i realize that like there's more evil going on in like governing bodies <laughs> or large sure. corporations like real evil like all i'm reading the people i'm rereading this book people of the lie right now and he basically he's a um M. Scott Peck was a was a big Christian author in the eighties, and he basically boil and he's a psychologist. He basically boils it down to like evil can be personified in one thing: scapegoating, like never like having an inability to self assess. So there's also there is like a spiritual evil, and then there's like a practical evil that I think does more damage. Like if you think about like black metal bands burning churches in Norway, that's happened twice. If you think about like people putting firearms over the good of children as they get like mowed down in their schools, that happens all the time now. <laughs> you know, sure. like it's a prevailing yeah, yeah. real evil. Um, so I always am kind of, and also I think like when you think about things um, like horror movies and heavy metal music and spooky books and all of this stuff, you know, so much of that is a weird reaction to the generation before giving too much credence to evil. Like I always say, you know, when you see these guys with like the face paint and the upside down cross shirts and all this stuff, I'm like, they don't love Satan. They're just mad at their mom, right. you know, that dragged them to some theologically crummy church. Yeah. You know, it's that, certainly rare that you're going to be like, Hey, why are you wearing that? You're like, ah, I just, I'm a total Satan worshiper. Yeah. I, I mean, that's love, a very rare yeah. thing. Yeah. And even people who it, like, if you read about the satanic church, like the satanic church is, is, um, not something I would mess with, but at the same time, they're just like, we don't believe in Satan at all. We are just trying to like do the same things that a regular church does, but for different reasons. I would, you know, my opinion would be the wrong reasons, but they don't, they actually profess not to believe in Satan. They're like, it's just a thing to ruffle people's feathers, which is a double-edged sword. You know, it's like on the one hand, it's not quite what you might think when you hear satanic church, but on the other hand, it also sort of plays into the like, well, the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince everyone he doesn't exist, right? right? Um, so yeah, I, I guess I just struggle with that tension of like putting, I understand what you guys are saying with like celebrating it is bad. And I would agree with that and being numb to it is bad too. I would also sure, agree yeah. with those two assertions. But there's this element for me of like, how do you sort of like 
take the venom out of it by is there a balance of like you can take the venom out of it by being like yeah i mean satan's a joke like you know or not a joke but like satan does not have as much power as jesus and like skeletons and spiders and spider webs you know like we would never put like a I'm trying to think of a good example. We we would never put like a pentagram or like anything bloody or sure. anything murdery like on our house. It's all spider webs and big spiders and some ghosts and skeletons and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just constantly struggling with like, do you guys have thoughts on what is the line between celebrating evil and just like spooky fun? Mm. Right. Where is their line? I mean, I think that's really hard. Um, for me, it would just be asking the question of of why like why why are we watching this why are we looking at these things i mean honestly i even like i don't take my kids out now the older ones it's not as big of a deal but like when they were little like i wouldn't even take them to stores this time of year Mm. um because images are so powerful and they stick in our heads and so Something that my mom always told me that I have really stuck by and I'm really thankful for is that you have to watch what goes into your head because you can't ever get it out. Mm-hmm. And so I would say um, it's like it's the it's the why. And it's, so it's not saying like, oh, that stuff is so powerful. If I watch that horror movie, then, you know, demons are going to come in mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but it's saying but but life is hard kind of like you reference like evil is everywhere and has a foothold in a lot of different parts of our life so why why open the door for that Mm. you know so like why why do this extra thing that's just like you know watching something evil or like inviting that in more um to kind of just our everyday lives it's just like but but why and Mm -hmm. so i would just say I would just choose to not, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, we have real conversations with our kids about stuff that is real and evil and all of that. So it's not like this sheltering Mm -hmm. of you can't ever know that something bad in the world ever happens Mm -hmm. kind of deal. But um, yeah, I just think why bother? Yeah, basically. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's an element that you it's rare to find someone who's all in on that stuff that's super joyful. Sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, and so I think that that should tell us something. Right. But I so I think you can go through scripture. First of all, Mm -hmm. I would say and we do see elements of saying to stay away from these things, Mm -hmm. you know, even elements of sorcery and witchcraft and stuff like that. So there there is a part of it. Now, I understand that means in physically engaging in it and those things. And I and I Mm -hmm. and I get that. So there, there is like there is scripture that does point to the fact that we should be very sensitive to it. I also think if you find yourself getting really defensive or having to figure out a way to justify like what you're watching mm-hmm. or how you're interacting with it, that should be a telltale. I I would say two telltale signs. With one, if you are completely numb to it, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then two, if you find yourself having to figure out how to justify or getting really defensive about what you're watching and why that should tell you something mm-hmm. like, like maybe that isn't right. You mm-hmm. know, like maybe I should like we've had, I mean, we've had shows that w- we've realized that not about the spooky side, but maybe some stuff that like, man, I feel like we need to really justify why we're watching this. And mm-hmm. like we've glossed over the fact that, there are just too many sex scenes in here yeah. or there's too many, you know, and we, we got to take this off the list. Like right. we can't watch this anymore, but you, you feel it in, in like a, if, if my child, if Max or Nevaeh, Ruby would not know at this point, <laughs> but like if Max or Nevaeh at 11 years old came to me and said, Hey, why are you guys watching that? 
And if I had to figure out a way to justify mm. to my kids who are innocent, like they're way more innocent than than we are, um, then that should tell me something. Mm. Like if I can't be like, guys, come sit down and watch this. It's be so good for your soul. Mm. You know, I, th- there's something to that to me. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, Lacey, some of what you said, it's funny, I empathize with it. Um, from uh, sort of my feelings on like drinking and being straight edge. I'm just kind mm-hmm. of like, I could probably, I maybe, well, I probably couldn't honestly, but let's say I could responsibly drink. Uh, I, I, yeah, my feeling is just like, meh, I don't Right, no, that why? makes a lot of sense. I don't sense. need, like I don't need it as a, that's like a speed bump I don't need. So right. I kind of get that. And I also empathize with the struggle of like having those conversations with your teachers because like, with the kids teachers because it's like how do you do that and not make other people feel judged it's like for me how do i say like uh, like we we were at a wedding this weekend and and when you tell people you don't drink i think in their head they're like you don't drink much so they'll still hand you like well here's the champagne for the toast and i'm like no like right thank you but like no i'll pass um and they feel you know they feel judged and you don't want them to feel that way that's not your intention that's not our intention i think some people mean to judge others but that's not our intention, but it's that weird balance of like, how do I pass on this um, because it's not for me and I have reasons that it's not for me, um, but not make other people feel unwelcome. So I just wanted to say that like, I kind of, I get where you're coming from on that. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, um, a lot of it has to do, and this is kind of speaking into the celebration part of it. Um, to me, like, I guess celebration to me is a weird word, like how you celebrate something, like the idea of celebrating evil and how exactly that gets done. Um, Like we don't exchange, like an example is like we decorate our house, but we don't exchange gifts, you know, on Halloween. I don't think it, well, I don't know, some people may for like Sam Hain, but um, that's where I get into the gray area where I think it's like perspectives get different. Like what is celebrating versus... um, I don't know what is celebrating evil. That's like an interesting concept to me. Yeah, I, where do, or where do you guys kind of draw that line? I, I mean, for me, it would be uh, would be how are how are you empowering or elevating a certain element of the message? Mm-hmm. So if if we were to celebrate our anniversary, like we we prop up our love, we prop up like certain things about mm-hmm. marriage. And, and so, and the things that you, you want to be repeated in your life. And so I think when it comes to uh, around Halloween, it's like, if you're celebrating, it's like, what are you, what are you propping up in this moment? Mm. You know, like, what are you, what are you showing people around you or to your kids or to your friends? Like, what are you elevating in this season of time that's saying like, this is really important. And they, and they can tell by, is it bad to decorate your house? No, I'm not even saying it's bad to decorate your house or or things like that. But there could be some decorations that maybe are too much. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a certain kinds, you know. And so like like just blood spilling out of something, and you're you know whatever. Yeah. But like yeah. there, I think there are things that can be too much. And mm-hmm. I, and so I think even in costumes it can be that way, and even in conversations, and even in movies, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so I think it's figuring out what are we actually propping up in this because. That's what matters for for you guys, and I've heard you talk about it. But it's just—I mean, you're doing it. It's a family fun thing, and you're like you're you're not trying to prop up evil right. in and of itself, you right. know. And so, um, but I do think some people don't even wrestle with attention. Yeah. And so, right. in those moments, I'm saying, I believe when people aren't wrestling with attention, they are propping up evil, right? Yeah. Because they've become too numb to it, and they don't realize it. 
And yeah. images, I think, for, for this season in particular, for me, have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So if it's, um, you know, a decoration or a picture of something, like you just see them everywhere. And so mm-hmm. if it's something that like dehumanizes people, you know, mm-hmm. them like super gory wounds and stuff like that, um, or, you know, kind of the witches, the goblins, the ghosts, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, um, those images are powerful ones mm-hmm. that that sit in our heads. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that would be, that's a big line, you know, for us Mm -hmm. for this season. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. The like elevation of it. I hadn't thought about that because I know for me, so, you know, my line for like, what's okay is in a different, you know, different place than, than y'all's Jenny and I's is for me, my line has always been like, the consenting of action. So like Ouija mm-hmm. boards are no, are right. big no. Yeah. It should be a hard no. Hard, hard, hard stop, yeah. <laughs> hard stop. Well, I think there are some people who are like, no, I don't know, whatever, because it's like sold in a Hasbro box and you can buy it at Target or whatever. But um, like even when I was really not pursuing my faith at all and I was in like, uh, when I was like in a band where the drummer had a severed pig's head tattooed on his chest, <laughs> they like, somebody shoplifted a Ouija board and brought it into the van and I threw it out the window <laughs> <laughs> while we were moving and they were like, Matt, what Good are you call. doing? I was like, I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, even then I was just like, nope, nope. Um, Cause there's this, this idea of if we think about free will and how important of a role that plays in our spiritual lives, whether it's with God or something else, like, you know, God really values free will. Like he gave us the choice to do good or bad and he didn't have to, like we could all just be angels with no choice. Right. Um, So the idea that you would like flex that free will to consent to something that is not concerned with your freedom, but rather concerned with your oppression to me is a big thing. And that's why, and it, I think it, some people get confused with us because they're like, Oh yeah, you guys are down for spooky. And then they'll do pull out a Ouija board or a tarot card, tarot cards or whatever. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And then we have to kind of like have that conversation. Um, But I can even remember we went to like a fall, the fall festival at um, Munford and there was a fortune teller tent. And I was like, Mm-hmm. And then Cash like walked in it and the guy had a deck, deck of tarot cards. And I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry, but like we have another thing we got to do. And I like pulled Cash out of it. And it was funny because I'm like, I'm supposed to be the spooky dad. But I was like, nope, <laughs> nope too far. <laughs> yeah, not our thing. Sure. Um, and I think that, you know, to me, what's fascinating about all this, just knowing people who work on scary movies and like are so into this stuff, like non-Christians who are just super into this stuff. The thing that's always struck me is they're really like when we talk about being numb to it or celebrating it, if you talk to somebody who's really into it, like somebody who does effects or somebody who, um, you know, creates this stuff, everyone I've ever met, and I can't say there may be some much more malignant, you know, version of this, but everyone I've ever met, it's, it's because they actually, it's funny. It's like they can't ignore the spiritual realm Mm. And so the only way, because they don't have any sort of like theological basis to battle it, the only way that they can like sort of take the vinegar out of it is to to like make it a, a thing, like make it a, a mechanic in their life, like make it a like, oh, yeah, I know like serial killers are terrible, but I'm just so fascinated by them. But I would never say that like they're anything but the worst types of people. But the only way that they can feel safe is to understand how it works. I'm not saying that's right, but it's just like the more I've gotten to know folks who are just fully invested in stuff that 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 is a very big spiritual turnoff for us, the more I've sort of like seen the little ways that like 
they're really just trying to run away from truth, like from the truth that we talk about all the time, or, or they're trying to sort of like make it control it or make it their own thing. We've even talked about like horror movies for the most part, especially when we were growing up, like your Freddy's and your Jason's and all those, the points of the movie is that you can't get away with anything. Like there's there are rules. Like if you, it's always teens are listen, right? Exactly. That's, that's what it is. And it's funny. It's this weird, like sort of perverted morality, but the, the core of like, uh, it's like God, you can't get away from truth, right? Like no right. matter how far you run in the other direction. Um, and again, I'm not promoting those things, right. but it's so funny. Like there's this little core of light in all of them. Cause yeah, it's totally like, Oh, you know, you drink and the teenagers are always like drinking and having sex or doing something they're not supposed to do. And then this terrible thing happens to them by this big monster. But it's still that core of like yeah. people right. have this sense that they're not supposed to do certain things. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, no, I think there's a lot of truth to that and how, whether within movies and books and stuff like that, that people are people are aware of the spiritual realm of things mm-hmm. and they deal with it differently. And obviously we do and everything too, and where you base your faith off of and all that other stuff. But there's a ton of truth to the fact that some of the movies that are made, everything are really people dealing with this. There's something there, right? There's evil there. There's something, you know, and they, mm-hmm. their way of expressing it or dealing with it is actually through movies or, yeah. or making things like that. And so I totally understand that. The one part that always just sticks with me with it, um, when we were done, went down to Nashville for the Q conference, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago, they had an exorcist on the stage and, I'll be I mean, it like weird me out. Mm-hmm. Like, him, yeah, like I couldn't. I had no framework. I know. <laughs> was he, what, so just for, so I can get a mental picture. Was it somebody from like a diocese? Was it a yes. Catholic? Yes. Catholic. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So, he, yeah. he is, I believe the leader. I think he's the head. He's exorcist. the head exorcist in the <laughs> okay. Catholic church. Okay. And he started sharing some stories and we were just like, what in the world? You know, but here's what it just reminded me of though. And that was like the extreme sensitivity to all of this. Like he he was telling stories, but in a way of like, hey, y'all, do not open yourself up to this. Mm-hmm. Like he said, everyone that he's performed an exorcism on, and, and it's a bunch. Like he teaches people how to do it and all that sort of stuff. And he started telling, some, again, yeah. really super made me feel like I need to go on a prayer fast mm-hmm. for like, you know, three months. Right. But, um, but, he, the thing he kept referencing with the folks that he had to do, he goes, they opened themselves up. Right. And he kept using that phrase. And, and I'm down with all the like, God's more powerful. And I obviously wholeheartedly believe all that mm. and everything else. Um, but there were just is something mm. to the opening yourself up to things that I'm not saying it automatically results in like a full blown right. demonic possession or anything mm. like that. But he was certainly saying that he had faced people like that. But, even opening ourselves up to things, mm. it it can lead to other things. Yeah. What whether that's you know the way it impacts the way you think or mm. your emotions or whatever. It just it goes back to the sensitivity part. That's all. Right. Yeah, I think um, for me, you know, when you when you mentioned having people that uh, maybe dived in more because Mm -hmm. they like had these questions or were curious and, you know, recognizing evil for me, I feel like it's been the opposite, uh, reaction because I am not reaction, but, um, experience. Whereas I, this is not a topic I've researched a ton and, and all of that to come to where I've landed. Mm -hmm. It's because it worked. Um, you know, my parents, 
like really ruthlessly protected what went into my mind mm. um, as a child as much as they could. And I feel like like I entered adulthood um, really free from like worry, anxiety, um, fear, and, uh, you know, like we're all going to experience all of those things, mm. but I really entered adulthood pretty free and healthy from those things. And there are a lot of factors, you know, that went into that. But I really do believe that a big factor was because my parents protected my mind so much. Mm. And, you know, when I see in scripture, all throughout the Bible, it's like, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Um, God knew that we would have a tendency towards fear. Mm. And so when I think about things that are scary or, you know, people that want to be entertained by being scared because there's like a thrill there mm-hmm. and your heart starts going and all of that, it then makes me think though, but like, why would I want to entertain mm. myself or experience something? Um, because like God has reminded us, do not be afraid. So I'm not going to like, inch near that if I if I don't have to kind of thing and um so I think that's why I ended up landing here of like I'm I'm not gonna mess with that because I recognize the reality of it um but I've had a very good experience um not being around it Mm -hmm. and so that's just kind of yeah, story. and I think that it gets right down to the core of like who God created each of us to be right I think where this this conversation derails is when and and we don't the three of us don't do this which is why we're such good friends is that getting confused between the descriptive and the prescriptive Mm -hmm. like for me i was anxious from minute one it's clinical i mean i'm clinically anxious you know so i was i was anxious at four or five years old before there was any reason for me to be anxious my life was perfectly fine um so for me it was like i have to when when i had that approach and again i don't know i mean my mom was very sensitive and there was definitely some some like protect she protected as best she could um but for me it was always like well, if I don't know what's on the other side of that door, I'm going to be more afraid than I would be if I face it because I'm just naturally anxious. And like, you you know, I don't think you're naturally, you know, anxious right. person. And I definitely by no means mean that oh, like, no, no, if, no. if somebody watches a scary movie and they're right. anxious or, you know, yeah. have any kind of thing like that, that that's a direct link. Yeah. For me, I think it was a helpful. Yeah. Part. Yeah. I think, um, and for me as an anxious and a very curious person um, who just like, I mean, anybody who's who's had to sit through one of my pedantic rants about like, oh, well, this person was in this band and then they did this in another band. Beep, 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 or, or did you know, you know, I, I have to like get deep into anything I do. So for me, it was like for the longest time, I kind of had that. Oh, no, just, just keep it away. Keep it away. Keep it away. And it made my fear and anxiety so much worse. And it wasn't until I like just in the middle of the day, you know, I, I read Hostage to the Devil, which was a uh, Mal- Malachi Martin was a head exorcist in the Catholic Church. It wasn't until I read that that I was like, okay, this is scary, but now I understand how it works and how it relates to the Bible and the things that I know that it really believes. Or like um, the sort of Halloween participation. It's like for me, all of the, again, we don't do the Ouija boards and all that, but all of the spiders and the gravestones and the the skeletons, like, to us, it's like, well, look what, to me, it's like, well, look what God has over, like, look what Jesus overcame. Like, this stuff doesn't have any power anymore. So now to us, it's just like plastic stuff that we put out in the yard sure. to have fun. Um, so it's just like, it's interesting how the different perspective, but it's funny because 
Also, my anxiety is the thing that I will not go in a haunted house. Like Natalie was making fun of me the other day because I, I went with some friends of ours a year or two ago to my first like King's Dominion Fright oh, Night thing. Gosh. And it was so funny. Jenny and our, our two friends were like going in all the haunted houses and doing all the stuff. And I was just like, nah, I'll just stay out here and look at my phone. I think I went through one and it was, it was pretty scary. But I'm just like, I'm an anxious person. Why do I want to be more anxious? Like, <laughs> right. Why do I why want to put add myself? that to it? Yeah, or even horror movies. Like on the rare occasion that I will watch like a scary movie, my criticism is almost always like, it was just a bunch of jump outs. Like I don't, that's not what I want. Like I want to explore a story in which good ultimately triumphs over evil um, or, you know, that we learn something about ourselves. I don't want to just sit there and wait for the next like boo, right. you know, to like freak me out and make me feel anxious. Um, so but- I'm always... I think you're describing like this, but you're you're describing what, and this is what I love about this conversation is like Lacey's describing kind of like a purity and joy, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. what she's described by protecting your mind, fight for purity of mind, not, I know the word gets a weird context crocheting, but like, like the purity of mind and celebrating what's good and all of that. You're describing the study of an awareness of that also feeds your mind and protecting mm-hmm. your mind. Mm-hmm. You, you truly yeah. are. Like, right. it, it's it's two sides of the same coin. Basically, what you're describing because you're not you are not talking about celebrating or mm-hmm. elevating evil. You're talking about engaging the concept in a way that allows you to experience God. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you just described, which I think is a that is a whole different thing. And that's why I love about our conversation around this because it's so good about the perspective piece but it truly is there is a to me is a separation between what you're discussing and what Lacey's discussing and what i'm discussing versus i want to be entertained by all of this Mm, yeah interesting and i think we don't have time for this but i when we talk about entertainment this is true with the game of thrones thing too i think there's this wider conversation around that word Mm. and like what people because entertainment <clears throat> like we went to see a play. We went to see Oliver yesterday. Our dear friend's kid is in Oliver and was unbelievable. And like watching Oliver, I was just like, this is entertaining. This play, like mm-hmm. I feel entertained. Or sometimes when I play video games, I'm like, I just want to not think about life mm-hmm. and I need pure entertainment. And I'm very weird about what video games I play. But the idea of like consuming media and being entertained, it takes this th- more three-dimensional, to me has this, this third dimension to it where Sometimes, and I think people who really like horror movies would say, like, this does not entertain me. I do not feel taken away from my life, and I do not feel better. But what I do feel is like I'm engaging in something in a, in sort of a, just like a roller coaster. I want to feel afraid so that I can appreciate feeling safe. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there are some people who just like are total. I've definitely had friends who are just like laughing and having a good time watching people get murdered on screen, you know, and that's not okay. But there is this like weird other level to media consumption that is not entertainment, but is not avoidance. But I think it's a totally different. It is because I would, I would, yeah. Well, that's a different conversation because <laughs> okay, I would love to push back on that a little yeah, bit. But we'll, yeah, we'll argue about that later. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks, guys.
It's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. This yeah. was great. Um, thanks to you all for listening on this very spooky uh, uh, version <laughs> of Stay Curious. We are going to get back to our conversation on sexuality and faith and their intersection here soon. Um, so thanks for taking a break, uh, you know, a lighthearted break from sexuality right. to talk about evil, evil and the devil. <laughs> um, that's what you signed up for when you subscribe to Stay Curious. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, quips, quotes, or suggestions, you can email them to Stay Curious at hillcityrva.com. Com. Um, leave us uh, a review, rate us, and share the podcast with someone you think would be interested. And we will see you next time.